Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown, Series 3, Episode number 12. I cannot believe we've reached the end of another season and still not been cancelled. Unbelievable, really. But we have a brilliant show coming up for you as we count down to the cracker, the rematch, the Undisputed World Super Lightweight titles. On the line once again as Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor rematch from the Free Arena in Dublin. Here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. Well, we catch up with Gary Cully. Big, big fight coming up for him this weekend as he looks to return to winning ways in our chief support. Sky Nicholson reveals her dream dinner party lineup and previews Saturday's fight with Lucy Wildheart. Andy Lee takes on our 12 round eliminator challenge quiz and talks all things Paddy Donovan. And Thomas Carty recalls the best things that happened in boxing last week. Don't go anywhere. Well, if you are hearing a little bit of background noise, I've got Joe McNally in my sights. I've got Babs, who is the photographer who captures some incredible imagery of the man who is my next guest right now, and it is Gary Cully. Uh, Gary, we were just saying out there, we are talking to your management team and, and those around you, you look different uh, this fight week. I don't know whether it's the hair, the beard, you've been using new moisturiser. Everyone keeps telling you, you look younger. Why yeah. do you think that is? I just have a new lease of life, mate. Um, I feel a little bit different than the last time. I feel revitalised. I feel refreshed. I'm full of energy. Um, I'm full of confidence, yeah. I've had a good camp over in Liverpool, my first one. And I'm coming off the back of that very, very confident and uh, looking forward to fighting again. So, yeah, I've obviously grown the hair out a little bit as well. But um, Mrs. Who doesn't cause me much stress. have to say that because you're sitting here. <laughs> But, uh, the hairline's nah, strong. The hairline's yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah, nah, no, it's just, uh, it's just life's good at the minute, and I'm in a really good place, and uh, I feel really, really good. So, um, I believe it's shown in, in it's been shown in my training and how I've been training in camp, and it's shown how I'm looking. So, I think sometimes when people talk to fighters, they think you're just mentally the strongest people in the world because of what you do for a living. And don't get me wrong, you are very mentally strong to be even able to get in the ring and do what you do around the world in front of thousands millions of people watching but for you Gary how proud of yourself are you that you are in this position bearing in mind what happened in May with the defeat how happy are you that you've been able to to turn a corner so to speak and come back into another fight week in such good spirits yeah I've proved a lot to myself I think um, and I'm always like I'm always trying to improve in any way I can and these little one percent of being elite minded and being an elite athlete and and acting like a champion um, all the time and I believe that I've read loads and loads of books about it of how champions think and how champions act but I really really put it into action over the last six months um, coming back how I have staying disciplined staying focused and continuing to believe in myself and my craft and I'm working on it hard every single day and uh, I've like I said I've proven a lot to myself um, and I believe I've come on as a fighter because of it and grown as a person because of it as well. So uh, I'm proud of where I'm at and uh, I'm excited of where I'm going and I'm excited for this weekend to get back to winning ways, like I said. The first fight, I know it was massive for you, that first fight in Dublin. You were chief support as well that night. You're going to be chief support on Saturday. But everyone was talking about you, Gary, as being the next shining light, the next superstar of the sport. You were knocking people out every, every corner that you turned. Do you think, in hindsight, 
we know how good you feel now mentally. Do you think in hindsight, maybe was there a bit of complacency? Did you get a bit carried away? What do you what do you put the defeat down to, as well as just uh, the mistake of switching off in the fight? Yeah, obviously, mistake of switching off and... It's a boxing ring. We're fighting. We're fighters, and we're fighting to take each other's head off. And uh, I was in with a Mexican and completely overlooked him, to be honest with you. Um, not him personally, but just the whole occasion was built up to be this celebration, this party of big time boxing back in Ireland. Katie's coming home, and Gary Cully's co-main event, and he's going to be the next superstar. And people all that week were just saying to me, "What round are you going to knock this guy out?" And because I was coming off five knockouts in a row. And uh, you try not to listen to it, and you try and tell people, nah, this fella's coming to fight, he's coming to take my head off, but um, it does creep in a little bit, and I let it creep in a little bit. I got uh, I got a little bit carried away, a little bit excited, and thought I could just, just walk through that guy, and uh, didn't really think about defence or what was coming back, or um, it was just built up to be my night, and I started believing it, and uh, didn't go into the ring, switched on, and focused like I should have. Um, and paid the ultimate price, but I've learned so many lessons from it. Um, learned lots about myself, and also in Liverpool over the last couple of months, learned lots about my career and boxing and and uh, my game and how to improve it. So, like I said, it's been people always say you learn more from the losses than you do the wins, but this really has been a blessing in disguise. And I thought that I might not see it for a long time. I'll look back at my career in 10 years' time or 15 years' time, and then I'll understand why why this loss come about but I'm understanding it already and I'm grateful for it already because I was getting a little bit carried away with the hype um, and this has spurred my move to Liverpool happiest I've ever been in my career I believe and like I said I'm in a really good place um, with the lads in the gym the relationship I've built with Joe, Deck, all the guys in the gym and uh, I'm at home now in Liverpool and uh, I'm looking forward to my first fight week with my new team and my first fight under my new uh, coaching team on Saturday night. Just talk to me about the move because I think it's fair to say when you talk about maybe getting a little bit complacent, you were the man in the gym in your previous camp. You were the man that everyone was talking about, but you were also the best fighter in the gym. When you've come over to Liverpool and you look at the pecking order of the talent of fighters, just based on what they've gone on to achieve, undisputed world champions in Josh Taylor, world champions in Liam Smith, and become one of the lads then, so go from becoming being the top dog to being one of the lads. In what way has that helped you to reassess where you're at right now? Do you I think? think the thing about Liverpool now is there's no pecking order. Everybody is just everybody. And whether you're Josh Taylor, undisputed champ, whether you're Darren Till or Jack Turner, Frankie Stringer, who are 3-0 and 6-0, and pros up and coming, everybody's treated the same way. And when I got there, I was treated the same as everybody else. No... Uh, no different because you're, you've got this hype around you, or, or no worse because you're coming off a loss. You're you're treated the same as everybody else. Everybody's down to earth, and not not only in, in the gym circles in our team and with with all the lads and the fighters, but with the lads who are just in around the gym and training in the gym and the committee in the gym. Um, it's a class community over there, and they've just took me in. And like I said, I'm just one of the lads over there now. Um, I'd be slagging Joe Liverpool I always say Liverpool is Irish but uh, <laughs> everybody over there is Irish and I believe they've taken me in that little bit more because I'm Irish um, so yeah I'm loving it over there I'm feeling at home I've been coming to and from Liverpool since I've been five years old to Anfield and that with my family 
Um, always been a big Liverpool fan. So Have you really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, I've got never a picture. That. I'll I must send you the picture that's on my Insta of maybe being five, six years old over there with my brother in a in a t- in a bus going to a match. Um, but yeah, we've been travelling to in Liverpool, to and from Liverpool my whole life. So it's a city that feels it has a special place in my heart. I believe you know what I mean. I've I've followed the club for my whole life. I'm a big, big fan of the club, and uh, yeah, after here. On the bucket list is definitely a big fight in Anfield, like so. Um, I'd love to fight in Anfield or fight in Liverpool one day. And like I said, there's a big, big Irish contingent over there as well, and bring the Irish over there and get the the scouts and the the Liverpool local together as well, and uh, build something really, really special in both Dublin and in Liverpool. Well, I thought you were a Celtic supporter. So that is you well and truly scratched off of my favourite five fighters well, of all time. Off if, the Christmas card If you're list. Irish, you're automatically kind of qualified <laughs> to be a Celtic performer. Um, Gary, last couple of questions now. The man in front of you on Saturday night, Reese Mould. Uh, we know him, of course, for, for fighting Lee Wood behind closed doors and what was a very surreal time. He's um, stable mate, of course, to, to Josh Warrington and Maxi Hughes, trained by Sean O'Hagan, Josh Warrington's father. In terms of a, a threat, a challenge... When you're at your best, what happens in that ring on Saturday night? If I'm at my best, I dissect three small and take them apart. Um, put on a masterclass boxing clinic and uh, take them to school, really. I don't believe that he's got the skills get, skill set or the boxing IQ that I have. Um, he's tough, he's strong, he's fit. I'll give him that. He comes to fight, he's game. Um, but when it comes to boxing brains, I believe that I'm on another level and uh, that's what I'm going to show on Saturday night is what I didn't show on May 20th is the boxing brain I have, how smart I can be in there, how well I can adapt and uh, yeah, how, how good of a fighter I really am. Is it just about winning or is there any extra incentive for you to return in style? How, how do you break that down in your own mind a couple of sleeps out? To me, this performance is about how well I listen to my coach and listen to my corner. Um, for me, it's about getting back to winning weights. Personally, for me, it's just get back, get a win. Um, I believe that the game plan that Joe's devised over the last eight weeks is the perfect game plan to beat Reese Mould. And thankfully, I've been implementing that game plan very, very, very well and sparring for the past six to eight weeks as well. So I know it can work, I've seen it work, um, and I believe if it does come off with them 8-ounce gloves on, it doesn't go the distance. But, like I said, for me, it's getting back to winning ways, it's following Joe's instructions, following Dex's instructions, and uh, if this fight goes 10 rounds, it goes 10 rounds. I'm not really bothered about a knockout like I have been for the past six months, or six fights even, trying to get in and knock people out all the time. Um or going to walk through guys and stuff like that. This is just about winning. And it's about showing, like I said, how good of a boxer I really am and putting on a masterclass. Well, Gary, it's great to see you in fantastic spirits in fight week. Can't wait to see you get back in the ring doing what you do best in front of your friends, your family and people in Dublin. Final, final question. It wasn't a brilliant night for Ireland last time out with yourself and Katie both not emerging victorious. Dream scenario. You beat Reese Mould. You sit ringside and you watch Katie Taylor rewrite the script. Is that your your dream set up for Saturday? 100%. Um, been a massive fan of Katie, as you all know, since 
I've been a kid and getting to train with her and getting to share cards with her now as a professional, getting to share heartbreak with her. I've seen her only three or four days after we both lost in Dublin and uh, being able to share that with her, I guess, and have somebody to that, that understood what I was going through um, has been... Uh, yeah, was 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 kind of special for me. So yeah, I, lo- I love to see Katie come back. I know she's put in the hard work in camp, and I believe that she can come back and right the wrongs like I'm planning to do on Saturday night. And uh, I'll be out with my new WBA Continental Europe belt sitting ringside, and uh, hopefully get to see Katie regain or win Chantel's belts as well. Gary Cully, thanks so much for your time, mate. Wish you the very best of luck this weekend. Gary Cully versus Reese Mould. Your chief support, one place to watch it. That's live on Design. Well, joining us now for this section of the podcast, Food Fight, is 8-0 WBC interim world featherweight champion. By the way, how does that sound so far? I know, the, in, I know right. the interim bit's the in interim there. The interim bit's a little bit annoying, but we're working on that. Have you just been trying... When, when people ask, you just leave that bit out? No. See, <laughs> I actually find it really cringe when interim world champions call themselves world champions. Because I'm not a world champion yet. It's coming, but not yet. But you're doing very well. Thank you. 8-0. and oh. No knockouts yet, but they're coming, I'm they're told. They're coming. They are they're coming. coming. And we, we were talking about earlier, Sky. We were joking about... You know how you've you're fully committed now to the pros, and you feel like with, with Bradley Ski and Eddie Lamb and the team, you're training now properly like a pro because you're always a bit undecided if you were going to go back, rediscover the Olympic dream. In what ways do you actually think, as you step through the levels, you'll be sitting down in your shots that bit more, and like we just said there, as you step up in opposition, those stoppages might start to come. Yeah, I honestly, I do believe like just my mindset around training, everything has changed so much since just making that final decision on leaving the Olympic dream behind. Um, I went into the Olympics, uh, obviously set out to win gold and it, it was playing in the back of my mind for probably my first 18 months as a pro. So to nip that in the bud and be done with it, I feel like I've changed so much as a fighter, as an athlete, as a person. Um, it's completely changed my mindset. I'm training so hard. I'm I, an absolute beast in the gym. Um, Eddie Lamb, my coach, he, he joked and says, oh, I saw the devil in you today. I'm a lot more spiteful. And uh, I think we're going to start seeing that in my fights as well. And I do believe that the better the opposition, the better my performances will be. I've said that from the start. And I think we're going to start seeing some really good performances as we start to step up the competition now. Well, you were here ringside commentating on before the bell. Uh, last time we were here in May, of course. I've got to ask your opinion. As a female fighter, mm. the main event, sitting off the fence. I'm going to boot you off the fence if you try and sit on it. No splinters on this on this show, all right, Sky? Who wins? How? Why? What happens? It's so, it's so hard. I feel like it's such a head versus heart one for me. I feel like I know deep down I can't... I just can't see Katie or anyone, for that matter, beating Chantel Cameron at 140. Um, I would absolutely love her to do it. Uh, I think she's been such a a role model and a hero for so many girls around the world throughout their whole journeys, including mine. Um, And to see her get that homecoming, um, I think it would just be so special for her, for women's boxing. And then we get to build up for a trilogy, which is exciting as well. So I would absolutely love to see Katie do the job. But being realistic and using my head instead of my heart, I have to say, if I'm giving a prediction, it's... A Chantel Cameron win on Saturday night. And for yourself, just before we move into this dream dinner party quiz, which I know you can't wait for, <laughs> um, Lucy Wildheart saying the right thing. She's got a good trainer as well in Sam Mullins. She's had a really good camp for this fight. Only lost in 
in decent company as well. Two Olympians, Michaela Mayer and Maselli as well. Is it going to be three Olympians that she's lost to after this Saturday? What's your verdict? Yeah, look, she, she's not had a good run with Olympians. I'm an Olympian. But, um, no, she's had a good camp. She's, she's a good boxer. She's a great athlete, a good boxer. But I'm a great athlete and a great boxer. I love that. So I love that. It's almost levels, as if you rehearsed the, that one. The levels will be shown on Saturday night. Uh, and I'm glad she's had a full camp. I'm glad this wasn't a, a ring-in, last-minute opponent. She's coming to win, and that's where we're going to see the best Sky Nicholson. Well, I love it. Sky Nicholson, Lucy Wildhart, opening up the live design broadcast this Saturday from the Three Arena in Dublin around about 7pm, 10 rounds for the WBC Interim World Featherweight Championship. I've got so much information in my brain that just has to keep hopefully trying to come out in the right way. Right, Sky, this is food fight now. The aim of the game is quite simple, right? You are hosting a dinner party and you've got four guests you can invite. One of them is from the world of boxing and it can be a fighter, a trainer, a current fighter, a former fighter, why you would want them there and what you would say to them. Who is your, your first guest of honour? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to say guest number one will actually be Katie Taylor. Wow, okay. Um, I think for me, just to sit and pick her brain, talk about her whole journey... Um, and get to know her more as a person as well because obviously she doesn't really open up a lot. She's not really out there on social media and stuff. So just to get to know her on a more personal level, I think she would be a, a lovely dinner guest to have from the boxing world. Oh, do you know what? I agree. I've spent a lot of time with Katie. I've been in her house in Connecticut. But because there's always cameras there, you always do feel you are getting, you are getting the, the side to Katie Taylor that she wants you to see. So I, I completely agree with you on that. I think uh, I'll be watching this dinner party through the window if I can. Give me a fly on the wall, Jamie. <laughs> fly on the wall. Um, so, Katie Taylor, guest number one, round the table at Sky Nicholson's mansion, yeah. no doubt. Um, okay, guest number two. This one is from an actress, actor from the film or TV world. And what I always say to the guests, Sky Nicholson, what is your favourite film? Do you have one? Not really. Do I you mean, have a top three? Probably. But I'm not like a, a, a big film head. Do you know what I mean? Like right. I do enjoy movies, but I'm not like, I have, this is the greatest movie of all time. So I don't really have like top three. I mean, I could probably choose three that I like. But do you know what I'm saying? You know I, I mean? get what you're saying. Yeah. But what, what type of genre of... Act, what, if you were to pick an actor or an mm. actress, who would you want and why, do you think? To pick an actor or an actress for my dinner party. Remember, you've got Katie Taylor as guest I've number one. I've got Katie Taylor, yeah. So. You need the chemistry, I think. Yeah. We've got to get the vibe right around the table. <laughs> um, you know what? She's kind of more music. She does do a little bit of that, but I think I might save her as my music guest. Um, I'm going to go with... Oh, it's so hard. I'm going to go with Denzel Washington. Okay, wow, that took a turn. That's yeah. not what I thought you were going to say. But that is a great guest. You know what? There's not a bad movie if no. Denzel Washington's in it. Name one movie that was shit that he's in. No, there isn't yeah, any. there isn't really one. So he's obviously very good at what he does. We want to be a table full of people that are very good at what they do. Denzel Washington. What would you ask him that you think, in terms of advice, could help you on your journey as a professional fighter? Hmm. How 
how are you so good at what you do, I guess? How are you so consistently good at what you do? Consistency is so Consistency, important, isn't it? Consistency, yeah. Um, I would say he's someone that's very consistently good at what he does. And I think that's a, a great tool. Think him and Katie would get on all right? I mean, <laughs> Katie, I feel like Katie's a hard egg to crack. Um, we've had a few conversations. Like, she definitely knows who I am and I obviously idolise her. Um, but, yeah, it's very surface level. I want to get to know... Katie on a deeper level. Well, maybe Denzel can unlock yeah. a new side. Yeah. So Katie Taylor, who knows? So Katie Taylor and Denzel Washington. Right, guess number three. You alluded to who you might have here. Mm-hmm. Music world. Who, why, what does your playlist normally sound like? I have the most diverse playlist you can imagine. Um, but for me, I think I've always been a... This is like some people cringe, but I've always been like a diehard Selena Gomez fan. Like since I was... Like since like Wizards of Waverly Place days yeah, and Disney Channel. Yeah, right. since those days. And a few of her songs um, growing up through my teen years really inspired me, um, like the lyrics of the songs, um, in my boxing as an amateur. <laughs> You're looking at me like, I oh wanna my know, God. I want to know the you song and I want to hear you sing a you bit You said well. people were going to cringe. I'm cringing. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Um, no, I. it's not just her music though, like she's the most humble down-to-earth famous person um and like i feel like i know her on a deeper level than have you met her no No. then katie taylor just from like obviously she puts out a lot more well i've heard selena gomez actually listens to the flash knockdown podcast oh goody so maybe you could set up a little meet after this please it would be my dream yeah now i have seen her live but no meet and greet so what's the what's the song that you like the most and in terms of the lyrics that you liked what were they it's called Who Says by right. Selena Gomez and basically the lyrics are about who says you can't be the best who says you can't do this who says you can't take over the world basically and that for me was um, a song that I listened to during a time where I didn't have a lot of self-belief I didn't have a lot of self-confidence and I went out and did big things and I do actually think a lot of it was to do with listening to that song. So, um, big Selena Gomez fan. She's at the dinner party. So, if you beat Lucy Wildheart, you beat Amanda Serrano, you become undisputed world featherweight champion, are you going to, in your post-fight interview, just say, listen, Selena, you don't know this, but I owe this all to you? I'm going to tell you something really embarrassing right now. I think I've messaged her so many Have times. You? Just telling her. Like, like non, non-replied DMs? Non-replied DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Probably never opened, never seen DMs, but... I love her. Well, we're talking about consistency. <laughs> you never know. I mean, she's got, what is that? 40, 430 million followers. I think followers. she is the most followed person on she's Instagram. She's right up there. She's so right I up obviously there. have good taste. Okay, so Selena Gomez yeah. is there serenading, singing. Denzel Washington is there. They're talking about consistency for their lyrics and their films. Yeah. Katie Taylor's there talking about consistently being one of the greatest athletes fighters we've ever seen mm-hmm. this last guest bear in mind you're there as well yeah is a personal one to you so this can be a family member past or present mm-hmm. this can be any historical figure from any walk of life but essentially sky nicholson someone you would want there who means a lot to you and, and why you'd want them to be a part of this special night um this one's actually not even hard for me so my fourth guest would definitely be my late brother uh, Jamie, who I never got to meet. So the main reason would be because I'd get to meet him. 
Um, he was one of the best amateur boxers to ever come out of Australia. Uh, Olympian, Commonwealth medalist, turned professional as well, but obviously, um, unfortunately died in a car accident at 22 years of age. So uh, I would love to meet my brother. And I think that was the easiest one to pick out of all four. How much is, uh, was, was the dream stemmed from, from your brother? How much has it all come full circle for you? I feel like I didn't even know how much of a hero he was to me growing up. Just the way my family were always singing his praise, talking about the amazing things he did, um, his incredible journey as a fighter at such a young age as well. I think he was at the Olympics at 19 or 20 years of age. The Commonwealth Games at 18 years of age. Um, just did incredible things and his life is celebrated in my family household every single day. And I think he was such a huge part and a huge inspiration for me without me even realising it. Uh, I think when I reflect back now as an adult, I realise how big a part of that journey he was for me. But uh, no, I feel like my relationship with God as well um, has definitely given me a relationship with Jamie. I feel like he's there with me every step of the way um, through this whole world tour. Uh, boxing journey so Mrs um, International Miss International but, yeah but that was actually <laughs> going to be my next question you know when, when you're in the dressing room because I think boxing dressing rooms are so spiritual you know when you're, you're wrapped you're gloved up and you're waiting for the knock mm-hmm. it's almost nothing really like it and I know the fans will probably think I'm being over exaggerating here there's nothing like it it's incredible really and do, do you feel him there with you yeah it's a it's a very special feeling I I sit and have a chat with Jamie with God um in that change room before every single fight, amateur and pro. It's just been um, a little thing I've always done. Um, and yeah, I definitely, I, I feel him there. I, f- I feel like he's in my corner every single fight. Sky, that is lovely. I thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. That's, that's beautiful, it really is. So Jamie makes up the compliment with Katie Taylor. Oh, perfect. Denzel Washington, Selena Gomez. Would, yeah. he, I don't know, would he be buzzing about that? I reckon he would. <laughs> I reckon he would. Um, the final one is... You're the chef. Oh, these poor people. What are you making? One course, one course only. Oh, that's hard. Um, are you much of a chef? Am I what? Much of a cook? Yeah, I'm Chef B-Nick. Have you not seen chef my... Chef B-Nick. Chef B-Nick series on Instagram. I see a lot of B-Nick Instagram. comments. I think there's always something B-Nick. <laughs> something something. Whatever you're doing, B-Nick. Jeez. <laughs> um, that's hard to cook for those four amazing people, you know. I know. Pressure is pressure. on. Pressure. Pressure. More pressure sweating, than any boxing fight. Sweating in the kitchen. <laughs> making this um, meal. All right. I'm making... I'm making... A lasagna. A beautiful, homemade, cheesy lasagna. I feel like it's hard to get wrong. Lasagna. You're making your own pasta in this lasagna? Oh, yeah. Okay, from well. scratch. Wow, We're going right. from scratch. That's not. That's quite easy to get wrong, I think. Nah, not when you're Chef B-Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you can always get a takeaway and if things go wrong, yeah. I suppose. Have Deliveroo. Um, Sky, listen, that was a great chat. I really enjoyed that. Bearing Thank in mind, uh, we grabbed you at the last moments <laughs> before you were about to head to our community event. Uh, as we always put on Fight Week in Dublin, that shows how relaxed you are, that you're out doing that, doing a bit for the community ahead of what is a big fight in your journey. You win this fight, sets up some, some monumental nights for you next year, Sky. Uh, do you have a final message you want to leave? Yeah, I'm more than ready. Thank you for all of the support. Um, I see all the messages, the comments. Uh, thank you. Tune in Saturday night live on DAZN. Don't miss it.
Sky B Nick, coming for my job. Thank you so much for your time. As I said a little bit earlier on, if you're hearing a little bit of background noise, we have jibbed into a, a bar here in the Hilton Hotel in Dublin. Tom, I bet, you know, when you when you started making it on the big shows and you thought about the glitz and the glamour, you didn't expect, did you, to be sat here in a little bistro restaurant <laughs> in the corner of a room, three sleeps away from yeah. a big fight in Dublin. Yeah, believe me, this is a lot better than any bistro I, I thought I'd ever end up in. We're in the Hilton, don't forget that. <laughs> uh, how are you, mate? Not um, the Maldron. How are you? A few Good. sleeps away now. Um back in Dublin elevated to the main broadcast as well which speaks volumes of your popularity the performance you're putting against Jay McFarlane but how does it feel to be back? It feels amazing to be back to be completely honest uh, like you said elevated to the main card in a you know what people are saying is a non-title fight that, that says a lot in itself I think to be completely honest uh, there's some major talent on the card and for me to be up on the main card speaks volumes like you said and in terms of the mindset every time I've interviewed you and spent time with you You've always prided yourself on being humble, and now you're in the big time. Have you kept your, your feet on the ground? Have you changed? Has anything changed? No, nothing's changed at all, I don't think. To be honest, I've just built on each camp. Is, is this your girlfriend? <laughs> yes, yeah, my she's girlfriend. Ma- she's <laughs> making faces. She does not agree with that. I always thought it belonged at this level from back then. I've yeah. heard that every pair of shorts are framed above the yeah, fireplace. Yeah, it's yeah, like the Thomas Carty shrine in the living room. Absolutely. Too right it is. Because it took me, took me long enough to get here. I always thought I'd get here. And now I got here. I'm going to bleed it for what it's worth. 100%. You, yeah. have, earned, you have earned yeah, the right yeah, yeah. to, the whole lot. to Absolutely. frame your shorts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come here. I'm paying for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying for them, yeah. You must be earning all right now because you're not reusing them, which is a good thing. Yeah, sign. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so each, each fight I get different shorts I have one sponsor the lads in 1010 my mate Ryan he always pays for my shorts so it allows me to chop, chop and change sponsors around and you know keep money coming in and keep pursuing a full time rather than part time and having a job it's too hard you can't do both you know? I, know, I know I've had to give up my job in Tesco to pursue this <laughs> pursue this dream uh, this is your second date rounder Tom I believe yeah. um, Dan Garber what, yeah. what, do you, what do you know about him decent record on paper what do you know about him decent record on paper yeah not much um, I've said it before in interviews this week I think if I'm on the trajectory that I think I'm on it's just another stepping stone you know I didn't get too animated last time round with Jay giving it the big one Jay McFarlane credit to him but giving it the big one all fight week which was great didn't get too animated I know what I, I'm capable of doing and if I'm capable of doing what I think I am these guys are just stepping stones to where I need to be I've got to ask you this question, Tom. So I was hosting the live stream on the workout with, with Darren Barker today, and suddenly we turned around, we see someone coming down the escalator. We're like, what the hell's going on here? I thought it was like some sort of WWE <laughs> staged entrance, but he looked like he was making a beeline for you. Yeah. Who was he and what was that about? <laughs> I can't believe this is coming up on the podcast. <laughs> this is some crazed lunatic that I inspired when I was in Thailand. Right. Gave him a bad going over in Thailand, and he's been lying. Be, ca- on be careful how you say giving a bad going bad over go- in sorry, Thailand. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> let me take it back. In sparring, we <laughs> <laughs> gave him a few slaps in sparring. He's he's no use, no good. A few slaps in sparring, and since then he's just been lying, telling everybody that he he beat me for four rounds, and I just got him in the last bit. <laughs> like, but yeah, some some crazy lunatic, the shadow boxer they call him. So. The can't shadow believe, boxer. I can't believe he's transcended onto the matchroom podcast. The shadow, by the way, I want to get it's the shadow working. boxer on it's the podcast. Working. Get him on. Never get him mind on, that. Yeah. So is he pro now or what's he doing? No, he's like a bare knuckle internet influencer. Right. Useless, useless. Yeah. So, no chance of a fight then between you and the, the shadow boxer. <laughs> I would fight him. No problem, but no way. I just can't. The shadow boxer. Here he is. I mean, he's posted it. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. if I should name him. I don't know if I should do that, but the shadow boxer. No, the, the shadow, shadow boxer. boxer. There he is, coming down the lift. I want to be careful what I say in case he's listening to this, but um, fair play was certainly entertaining. Thank you, the shadow boxer, for, <laughs> for brightening up the scenes at the public workout. Yeah, he seemed to run as soon as we, we made a go at him. Thomas Carty, I want my rematch. Look, he's put on Instagram. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, Tom, we are going to cross to some questions yep. from the fans. We tend to look at the, the best thing that's been happening in boxing over the last week or so. There's certainly been a lot going on. So here is producer Scott, who's got a few questions for us both. Yeah, the first one, Tom, is actually from uh, someone called Alan Siver, and he actually asked, what's it like to train alongside Johnny Walker, first of all? Uh, to train alongside Johnny Walker. So, everybody always thinks we have a, a bromance forged in punching each other in the face, to be completely honest. Johnny originally came to the, you know, there's not too many gyms, big gyms in Dublin, or heavyweights. He originally came sparring in my gym, and obviously me and, me and him were put in the same category, both heavyweights, both big guys. And we didn't see eye to eye because he came with his entourage and he came to my gym and I was like, I'm not going to let an MMA fighter come in and, you know, give it a big one. So I, I thought he had a bit of a big ego initially and then we kept sparring, kept sparring. He kept improving. He keeps pushing me. Um, Cardio-wise, keeps pushing me. So it's fantastic. It, it's actually amazing to spar alongside him now considering we didn't see eye to eye in the beginning and we forged a great relationship. Now we're, you know, best mates, you could say. We, we have similar interests, he's in the UFC, I'm in the boxing world, but similar interests in terms of driving forward and uh, he's at the top, he's on fringe world level, you know what I mean? He's like ranked number five, I think, about to fight for a title. If he wins the next fight, he'll get a UFC title fight, which is huge, you know what I mean? So it's amazing to see how intricate his training is in comparison to my own and pick up things from himself, yeah? So amazing is what I would say. We had a lot of questions in about last week's press conference, the day of reckoning. What's your favourite fight on that card, Tom, out in Saudi on December 23? Oh, fa personally, favourite fight as a fan would be uh, Joseph Park and Deontay Wilder. That's great an amazing fight. What a great fight, fight that amazing. is. Amazing. Like, you can't really pick a winner in the fight, you know. Everybody would say Wilder won punch KO, but Parker's no, as we know, is no joke. And the real boxing people will know Parker's no joke. Great performance, new trainer. So that's one of the most intriguing fights for me, to be completely honest. It almost felt a bit like something out of a film, didn't it? Yeah. When you're not just seeing Eddie and Frank Warren up there yeah. together, which was completely huge. Surreal. That was huge, huge, in itself. and hopefully very good for boxing. Yeah, we will say that. Um, but just to see them two, then Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Jarrell Miller, Dimitri Bivol, Jai Pattaya, all these Daniel Dubois, Daniel Dubois. I mean, I'm, Philip Hergovich. Philip Hergovich. He could go on all day. On and on and on and yeah. on and on. I want to it's know incredible. who's paying the wages because that is one right. big wages bill. <laughs> right, right. You've got to get yourself to Saudi, yeah. mate. Big time. Hopefully I'll be there. Hopefully I'll be there. Yeah. Well, well, I just wanted to actually say a quick one because I know we were chatting on WhatsApp the other day and you often get contacted for being a Southport but it's also what you bring to these sparring sessions and you, you mentioned a couple of fellas, Tyson yeah. Fury, who's preparing for Usyk yeah, and absolutely. Anthony Joshua preparing for Otto Wallin. They've yeah. both been in touch with yourself, is that true? That's true, that's true, yeah, yeah. So uh, I would have sparred both of them previously when they were fighting, uh, sorry, Fury was due to fight Usyk and it fell through that time and AJ fought Usyk twice, uh, Chisora fought Usyk. So anybody who's fought Usyk really so far, I've been in sparring with them, which I think is a great compliment in itself, you know. Um, but yeah, that's true, definitely. So hopefully then, with AJ fighting Wallen, I'll be in that camp. And then for February, I think it's a 17 for Fury. And February 17, I'll be in that camp as well, providing all going well. That leads very nicely onto our last question, Tom, from Hendo underscore six underscore times. Must be a Liverpool fan. He says, Usyk versus Fury was the best thing to happen in boxing last week, sealing the deal. Who do you have and why? Um, 
So it's mad, yeah. Since 2012, I've been a huge fan of Usyk since I was like started out in amateur boxing. I, I just seen him on YouTube randomly one day, seeing he was left-handed, and I was like, oh, I need to learn from this guy. He's obviously really good. Little did I know what would unfold. So I remember posting about Usyk on, on Instagram in 2011, long time ago. You know what I mean? I, I still have the post screenshot. So I've always been an Usyk fan, but you can't bet against Fury, personally. I don't think you can bet against Fury. But a lot of people are giving Usyk great... Um, are giving sorry great confidence in, in picking Usyk after the Ngannou fight, but to be completely honest, that's not not the Fury that we're going to see. And I think his brother said it best. Shane Fury said it best is when Fury's back against the wall is when you see the best uh, best of Fury. You know what I mean? So people aren't expecting them to be Usyk really. I don't know what what the polls would be, but I know just kind of speaking to boxing people, they think Usyk is going to walk it now, and I think it's completely wrong. I think Fury walks it. To be completely honest, you can't bet against them. No, but Usyk is the coolest bloke. Absolutely, he's oh. got a serious aura. It's crazy. Him. It's crazy to even be saying that with Usyk in the conversation. But I just think Fury trumps Usyk in every department. Yeah, personally, I've inspired Fury, and I just can't believe he's even human. Do you know what I mean? Really, yeah. that good? Yeah, he's that good. You think you think he he, he gets the job done easily? You say against I Usyk? Would, I, n- no fight against Usyk is going to be easy, but I think he gets the job done certainly. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. I remember, yeah. I remember we had a few beers with him after he beat Derek Chisora in the bubble and it was such a weird little setup it was me Usyk one of my colleagues Darren Alex Krasiuk Scott Hamilton who, who's with us on the pod of course and David <laughs> Hay and we were all just sat around a table about 4 o'clock in the morning and we were drinking pale ale and I just remember Usyk, Usyk kept going that he wanted another Pali Ali that's that's a memory that's I've, I've stuck actually me. heard about their training camps in the lead up to the Olympics in 2012 uh, Lomachenko and Usyk they, every Saturday they used to drink two or three beers Every really? In the training camp. So I've heard, anyways, yeah, which is crazy, but it's mad, isn't it? Cool, guys. The difference in cool cultures, guys. yeah. Absolutely cannot wait for, for that fight between those two next year. Tom, final couple from yourself. Firstly, your final visualisation, final prediction, how do you win on Saturday night? Another show-stopping knockout, like the last one. And Simple as that, literally. Is that what you want as well? You want to keep this run going? Yeah, you absolutely, 100%. I want to keep it going. I want to build on the last one and go better again. That's the aim. That's what I've been training for. You know, I know everybody cliche best camp yet, but believe me, best camp yet. You'll see it Saturday. And the main event. Main event. I genuinely think Katie turns it over this time. I, I really hope she does. But obviously, I hope she does as a fan, as an Irishman. But I really think she does as a boxing. Um, what would I say? Box, a good boxing critic. I think she turns it over. She didn't look herself in the last fight. I think it's going to be a different fight this time around. But Chantel's amazing. What a fight! An amazing fight. That's another Fury Usyk type fight. Like I can't believe can't I'm even it, saying yeah. it. You can't. know what I mean? But I think Katie turns it over and Crow Park on Paddy's Day then. It'd be good. Thomas Carter trilogy. Thanks so much for your time. What a man! Great company and a, a great fighter as well. To keep your eye on on the live broadcast on the Zone this Saturday night once again from the Three Arena here in Dublin. Tom, I just said Dublin there. Eh? That was almost Dublin, like a Dublin. Yeah. I've been spending too much time <laughs> with you, mate. But uh, thanks so much for coming on and uh, we'll look forward to catch on with you very Appreciate soon. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Well, producer Scott, I think I said it on the uh, the live stream earlier, 189 days it's been between the 20th of May 2023 and what will be the 25th of November 2023. We're back in Dublin so soon. It's a great city and I must say being here in the winter at Christmas, not that I've been in the pubs that much, but the log fires are on. I can see people drinking Guinness. I must say it looks fantastic, doesn't it? Great to be here. Right, we've been talking about this since episode one of this series. 
pretty much 100, <laughs> 100, 189 <laughs> days uh, later. So, yeah, great to finally be upon us. And, uh, yeah, interesting atmosphere and interesting to watch the fighters at a public workout earlier. There's a lot to take away from it. Well, Katie, I think, I mean, I was saying this to Steve Bunce earlier. She, When she went in the ring last time, she was taking photos. She had little kids in the ring. It was all very nice, wasn't it? She got in the ring today. She really went through her paces, was blasting the pads, showing off the, the hand speed and, and the footwork that we've enjoyed seeing her show under the bright lights for so many years now in abundance. And Darren Barker actually said, I think this is the best I've ever seen her look in fight week. She, it's almost like she, went, she got in the ring today. It wasn't there to please the fans. It was to prove a bit of a point and make a statement of, of her intent this week, I think. Strictly business, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with Darren. Certainly seen a different side to her in two days of fight week than probably have done the rest of her 20-odd fights. So, look, ultimately, she needs to win, right? In front of her own people. Yeah, only for win. the second time as a as a pro, she can't afford to have back-to-back defeats here. But I think for her, she'll be so disappointed if she is to have two losses on her record as a professional, both to Chantel Cameron and both in Dublin. That yeah. will hurt. That yeah. will really hurt. I just think people will always associate Katie Taylor with two defeats to Chantel Cameron, whatever she's done up to now. And look, she's changed the face of boxing forever but ultimately people will always say she lost twice to Chantel Cameron I think she'll be at her best on Saturday night I really really do just seeing how focused she is this week is incredible but on the flip side of that Chantel Cameron is a beast at 140 and she is in the best place mentally I've ever seen her she's come on leaps and bounds from when we first signed her a few years ago I remember speaking to a, a gym in Northampton and she stumbled and bumbled her way through an interview didn't really want to be there. And that's because she didn't have any self-belief. The belief she has now, it's not, can I do it? It's, I can do it. And I think Katie Taylor, we're talking about her being focused and, and being the best she's been in, in a while physically. Chantel Karen, I believe, will, will not only be the best that she's been physically as well, but mentally. And I think that is what makes this such a compelling fight. Yeah, there's so many variables and, you know, I always feel a bit stupid going over it again because, like I say, we have spoke about it so much. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so excited to watch the first couple of rounds. That's what we want to see, right? We want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think Katie will start faster. She has to. She let Chantel dictate the pace last time. And that's a compliment to, to Chantel and her work ethic and her, and, and her bullish attitude in the ring. But Katie's got to start faster. She's got to start faster this time around if she's got any real chance. It's interesting because if she does, does she then gas down the... Th- down the stretch so yeah it's another variable in there so that's why we love it that's why we love this sport that's why we love this fight because there is so many potential outcomes and you, you know whatever happens you could probably see an argument for it so Absolutely. that's why it's such a great fight can't wait and that's why it's sold out and that's why there is so much anticipation building up towards that main event undisputed 140 pound titles on the line once again between Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor in their rematch uh, elsewhere on the card great to see Gary Colley back coming straight back into a good fight he seems in, in great spirits uh, up against Reese Mole just a quick question on, on this fight Scott because I remember carrying Chantel's belts ringside with a couple of members of the Matchroom staff looking through a little barrier in the wall and um, hearing one two three and I was like blimey Gary's beat Jose Felix already and half laughing about it just shows you why you can never overlook fighters and looking through this little hole in the barrier, and I remember just turning to my colleague and saying, oh my God, Gary's down. And like the disbelief on everyone's face, we're like, what? That wasn't in the script. That wasn't meant to happen. 
for him, to be fair, I think he deserves a lot of credit. He's changed team. He's working with Jai McNally and Deco Rourke, who, who are good friends of ours. He's rebuilt. He seems in a good place mentally, but he's jumped straight into the fire in a, in a big fight here and a hard fight against Reese Mould. Stable mate of Josh Warrington, Maxi Hughes, trained by Sean O'Hagan, and he really fancies this, Reese Mould, this fight. Yeah, I think what's been overlooked here, Reese Mould has been training for a fight that fell through a couple of weeks ago. And against, for a southpaw. Um, he's been preparing McDonough. for a southpaw so for a long time. In my opinion, that's been overlooked. It's interesting Gary's decided to switch camps. If there is anyone to, you know, sort of bring him, not back down to earth, to sort of just instill a bit of confidence in him and you know, maybe give him a bit of a pick-up, I think it is probably Joe Max. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how that, that move uh, develops. Interesting fight. Really yeah. interesting fight. Absolutely. You know, again, talking about variables and whatnot, I could see potential outcomes there, but I do expect Gary to come through with his old-school haircut as well, which I'm digging. I know. Now. He looks good, doesn't he? I, I think he it really suits him. I think it he really suits him. Yeah. He does look younger. Um, well, that, that's the, the, the fights we've just talked about there. Your chief support. Your main event this Saturday on the zone. Nine fights to look forward to. We've got the return of, of Thomas Carty. We've got the return of Paddy Donovan in a good fight with Danny Ball as well for the WBA Continental welterweight title. And Sky Nicholson defends the WBC interim world featherweight title against Lucy Wildheart. Elsewhere, we've got Celtic featherweight title fights, Celtic light heavyweight title fights on the before the bell section, the return of Zelfa Barrett, who's in with Costin Ion, who's a fighter who can never be overlooked as well. We saw him give Akib Fiaz a lot of trouble when they fought earlier this year and also the professional debut of Giorgio Fizioli opens the show 4.15pm before the bell live broadcast 7pm on the zone. Uh, Scott last week we had different weeks you were in LA with Diego Pacheco and I was in Tenerife with Sonny Edwards how was LA? It was good mate I'm still struggling a little bit with the time difference not going to lie but yeah good week out there Diego Pacheco again showing why he is arguably he's a monster isn't he? Arguably what a shot that was he's not really a prospect anymore I feel a bit feel a bit like you know is that an insult to him now well I think we sort of said that when he beat Jack Cullen I think he, he sort of bridged that gap of prospect to contender I think very much so I think I mean he's, he, I mean, he's showing that, that he's bridged that gap Caceres was no mug either and he gave Billy Joe a decent fight Caceres a couple of years ago and that word bridging was a perfect bridging fight for him last week like you say former world title challenger been there done it sort of got the t-shirt give Diego a few of his own problems but that allowed him to adjust adapt and come back with his own fire uh, and he did so in devastating fashion absolutely and, and elsewhere on that card Erica Cruz beat Malin Rivas I know the opinion on social media was a little bit split whether that was the, the correct decision but you know when you, when you look at that super bantamweight division now there's a lot of good fights to be made and I know Ellie Scottney is, is chomping in a bit for a unification opportunity so that could be what we see next year now that seems the obvious fight right I think um, in general probably the fight was a little bit disappointing to be fair we built it up into this all out war it was probably a bit more te technical tactical than yeah, we expected was, yeah. so yeah it didn't, didn't ignite um, Erica got a decision and it was great to see the emotion of her and her family in the dressing room uh, and whatnot. I know Rivas wasn't too happy but you know it was a close fight it was one of them you know it was one of them and fingers crossed we can get that fight with Ellie Scottney on because that would be great. Well, as I said, I was in Tenerife with Sonny Edwards. I must say, I got a bit sunburnt. The weather was unbelievable and I didn't pack one pair of shorts. I don't know why I didn't check the weather or have a little think about that. But Sonny's uh, was staying in a house up in the mountains and it was beautiful overlooking the whole island, really. And He's got a boxing ring up there as well. Beautiful, beautiful place to train out there with, with Grant Smith and, and Dalton Smith, of course. His brother, Charlie Edwards, and seems to be firing on all cylinders and absolutely zero doubts in his mind. He has zero doubts in his mind that he beats Bam Rodriguez. That's one thing Sonny Edwards doesn't lack, is self-confidence. And he's been like that the whole way through his career. I think um, 
there's an argument for the better opponent, the better Sonny Edwards. But in the corner this time is someone who is, in my opinion, very, very, very special. Big fight that. Me and Scott will be in America for two weeks after Belfast oh, next week. Got to put up with you for two weeks. What's that? Got to put up with you for two weeks. Two weeks, I know. Just a quick one. I mentioned Charlie Edwards there. Um, and I know Charlie was, was very keen for a big comeback fight. And one name he talked about quite a lot was Cal Yafai. Unfortunately, it wasn't very nice, was it, seeing Cal lose in the way that he did. It was the first round, wasn't it? But admitted his retirement in the ring. What a brilliant career, a brilliant man. And no doubt will still be a big part of his brother Galal's journey now as, as he moves forward. Yeah, it was sad to see. It was also almost sad to see the fight last year in Abu Dhabi. You know, you yeah. got, the, got the decision, but clearly wasn't the Cowie fight that we all know and love. Um, but, you know, he said afterwards, I just needed to, to see if there was anything left. And it was quite apparent within seconds that it weren't. So, you know, he had the last dance sort of um, stitched into his gear. And I think mentally he'd accepted that was his last fight. And I think when you go into the ring with that mindset, it's, it's probably not going to end well, is it? Let's be fair. But, yeah, great career. World, British, Commonwealth, a couple of intercontinental belts in there, an Olympian, uh, and a match from day one. I remember him from, from my day one as well. So, yeah, he hangs up his gloves and all eyes go to Galau now to carry the, the baton for the Yafaya family. And that starts again on December 16th. Absolutely. What a brilliant family the Yafayas are. And just finally, Scott, we mentioned earlier about the Day of Reckoning, Saudi Arabia, December 23rd. I must admit, I was watching it live from Tenerife. I was watching it next to Sonny Edwards. And he tweeted, give the best promoter in the world the mic. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which went down pretty well on social media. When it, it took a while for Eddie to come in, didn't it? I did wonder if he was going to get asked a question. <laughs> I thought they were going to see how long, how long can we go. Yeah, I think Dev tried to make one or two little gags on stage. He mentioned Canelo, didn't he, about Bivol. Does it still hurt? Um, that was always going to happen, let's be fair. It was almost like something out of a film. It was crazy, just everything. Um, it was only until you see the, the still image at the end with everyone there, it was like, bloody hell, this is actually really happening. Unbelievable. So much to look forward to and so much to look forward to on the zone, of course. But we do begin this weekend, the small matter of Chantel Cumran versus Katie Taylor 2. The rematch, all the marbles on the line once again from the three arena here in Dublin. Well, what an honour it is this week. To be joined by former world middleweight champion indeed, Mr. Andy Lee. Andy, first of all, great to have you back involved in a big fight week. You were here for the first one in May. It was a special night. How does it feel to be back? feels great. Great to be back um, in my capacity as a coach, but more so, as, as not more so, but as well as my capacity as a commentator and uh, pundit. So I love my design work. Um, it's, it's a blessing to have this job, you know, and... I do try to do as much as I can. I often speak to, to fighters because I think one of the most difficult things is finding contentment when they leave the sport. For you, not just to be involved, like you say, in, in the coaching capacity, but also to be involved in, in the punditry, in the commentary, is it as good as you can get the feeling of, of, that you had when you were fighting? I guess you can say it's a bit the dream set up for you, really. Yeah, that's why I said I'm, it's a blessing. Um, because I'd done drips and drab bits and pieces here and there for different channels, um, but to get a consistent, a consistent gig, doing what I love, and which it's, I find it quite easy, and then I get to be ringside at the fights. You know, it's it is a dream job, for a, for a boxer, a person who loves boxing, um, and it's what you have to be careful. It's quite addicting when you're being asked your opinion all the time. You can get quite, you know, it's intoxicating. You become quite 
I don't know, empowered by it, but you have to be careful that you don't lose the run of yourself as well. So, um, yeah, you have to be, it's a fine line between criticizing someone fairly and then, you know, trying to praise them. And, and I don't like, I, and one thing you notice about all commentators who have boxed themselves, they never talk badly about, about the, the boxers. It's always, you know, if you look at Darren or Barry Jones, or you never hear them say a bad word about, it, about Why anybody. Is that? Why is that? Do you think? Because you know what it takes to get in there. Yeah. You know exactly what it takes, and sometimes even if you are like sometimes it's just not your night. If you are terrible, like, you know. So um, now we can, uh, you know, the the bad side of boxing, like deliberate fouling or um, someone who's a drug cheat or that things you know things of that nature then you will come down hard because there's no place for that in boxing but if you're trying your best if anyone's trying their best it's very hard to be critical well this week let's talk about the the coaching capacity first of all paddy donovan 24 years old looks to be a really slick skillful southpaw fighter similarities with yourself in terms of the style he's in there in there with a with a tough fighter in danny ball first title fight first 10 rounder firstly just tell us who is Paddy Donovan to you, Andy, and how special a talent do you believe you're potentially working with? Well, pa- Paddy really got me back into boxing. Um, I went along to the national championships, amateurs, and I saw this kid um, fighting, and I was just blown away. I saw him in the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, and um, and I thought that this kid's a special talent. I knew straight away when I saw him. I said, if there was ever a reason to get back into boxing, or try my hand at coaching this would be the one and um, yeah he's, a, he's a, as well as that he's a gentleman he's a pleasure to work with he just wants to w- work hard and learn and um, but he's he's an explosive fighter you, as you'll see if you've looked him up or if you'll see him on, on come Saturday he can really really punch really really punch as well as box and, and skill and slick slick and in professional boxing, you have to have some sort of punch. You have to be able to get the respect of your opponent. Um, so, yeah, he's just an exciting kid to work with and just looking to see how he progresses. You know, he's got a, a tough test and it's 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 really a 50-50 fight. They're, they're level in terms of their record and um, experience. So it's, it's, it's a very even fight for him. Too handsome to be a fighter. He's <laughs> yeah. clearly not taking many uh, shots yet. He's the boxing Ronaldo, I think. He's, <laughs> that's what he models himself on. And in terms of, uh, just before we move into the 12-round Eliminator Challenge quiz, it's called Andy. And I know you're, you're a bit nervous for this already. The, the bum's going yeah. a little bit, I can tell from, you know, you've been involved in big fights, but I know you're more nervous for this. Am I right? Well, uh, when you told me Sonny Edwards was leading, uh, that made me really competitive. <laughs> that just the competitiveness just shook it to me there. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about uh, the news, obviously, we, we finally had the news that, that Tyson and Alexander Rusik are going to be doing battle next year for, for all the marbles. What's your, what's your take on the fight? And I guess as a fan, how proud are you that, that it's finally over the line, happy that it's over the line, and what's going to be in your involvement in the fight as well in Tyson's camp? Um, for me, you know, knowing Tyson and speaking to him quite regularly and not knowing everything that went on, but having some insight to all the build-up to get into this fight seeing the online criticism of Tyson people slagging off saying that he doesn't want the fight that he's the reason it's not happening when you know he's the one who's pushing to make it happen um, it was it was it was frustrating and you have to bite your tongue a little bit um, but finally he's gonna the fight's gonna happen and it's what boxing needs these big fights these unification fights the best fight and the best 
and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be an exciting camp, and it'll be an exciting event, just like the last one. Um, but like that's 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 like a lifetime away for me now. We got Joseph pa- I got Joseph Parker training to fight Deontay Wilder, um, so. Um, even this fight week, I'm training in the mornings and then I'm coming to do Paddy's things during the afternoons. Um, Joseph's got a big challenge and for now, that's my f- outside of Paddy, that's my focus. Seems that many are giving Joseph a, a massive chance in this fight though. Mm. Styles make fights. Andy, what, what do you see as the keys to victory against someone like Wilder? Um, technically, he's not he's not the best. Um but he has that punch, as we all know, and he's knocked out. He's knocked out. He's dropped or knocked out every opponent he's fought. So it's not a fluke. He keeps doing it. You know, if he can do something <laughs> consistently, he finds a way to land that punch. So Joe has to be very focused, and it's the hardest challenge for any boxers to remain focused and ready at all stages. Because you 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 wouldn't believe how many fighters take breaks in fights, and all that does is invite your opponent to attack you. So Joe has to be focused, um, be in position, and when his opportunity comes, take his opportunity because the opportunity will come. He's got to let his hands go in the moment, um, but be not be cautious. Be patient. Be patient and let rip when the time comes. Well, Andy, you certainly are a busy man. First things first, we wish you all the best in, in the corner. We're Paddy Donovan. This weekend, live on Design as he goes for his first title, the WBA Continental Weltweight title, over 10 rounds against Danny Ball. I'm going to hand over to producer Scott now, which is his nickname on this show, as he is over there with the headphones on. Uh, he's going to give you a bit of a rundown on the rules of this quiz. Andy Lee, are you ready? I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, welcome to the 12-round eliminated challenge. This is the finale, so you are aiming to get into the top three here for, main a, event. for a charity payout. Good luck. Yes, you are the main event indeed. Just for the listeners who may not have um, heard this segment of the show before, and also for your understanding, Andy, I'll go over a few ground rules. Essentially, it's a bit like a who am I. We're trying to identify just one of your previous opponents. There's 12 clues on the line, and with each passing round, you lose a point. So you start off with 12 points in round number one. And if you did get it right after the first one, you get 12 points. If you want to skip to the next one, it goes down to 11 and so on. You do, you do get one bonus lifeline that Jamie has and you can call upon at any time. It's a bit of a free hit. You only get one guess, so make sure it counts. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Question number one for 12 points. <laughs> <laughs> You're well, shaking, be shaking your head. You just, how, how bad is it <laughs> when the, qu- the quiz master is laughing at his own question? <laughs> okay, who says I write them, Jamie? You never know. <laughs> question number one. I wore white shorts when we boxed. Imagine he got this. Andy's got three, four questions to play with to, to get in number one position. So, I mean, it's a bit of a free hit to carry on to the next one, really. Go on, give it the next one. Next one. When I picked up my first career defeat in 1992... Right said Fred's I'm Too Sexy was number one in the US charts. 1992. <laughs> so one of your previous opponents lost in 1992 for the first time. And Right said Fred's I'm Too Sexy was top of the US charts. Okay. Do you want to give us a little verse of the tune? I'm a model. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have my voice is quite deep. Deep times. That was good. Um, nice. Next one. I'm tempted to take the, the... The lifeline. The lifeline now. But go on, give me one more. Okay. So just for transparency, even if you still get it right now, you'll be top. So you've still well. got a bit to play with. Okay. 
as a professional, I've boxed in four different countries. That's not much used to me. Um, so I still have a free hit. I still got a free hit. Correct. To be in the top. Yep. No. You still got the lifeline question, so it doesn't. I've eat only got away. the lifeline question now. Yeah, it doesn't and eat if into I get the score. Okay. Give me the lifeline. Jamie. Okay. Andy Lee, here is your lifeline. I am a student of the famous Normandy High School in St. Louis. Alright, I'm gonna take a guess at this. Oh my. Ooh. This is for top of the pot. I don't know on the, the answer, finale. So this I'm is gonna the have to go off. So this is to go top of the league. This is to win. Oh my god. On nine points. Yeah, to win. To win the last. Just win a win a bust, right? That was all or nothing for me anyway. Yeah, if you get it wrong, you're out. Carl Daniels. He's got it! <laughs> 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 That's brilliant! Wow, get up! Unbelievable! Andy Lee takes the, oh, uh, the charity Sonny payout. Edwards. Congratulations! That was brilliant. Sonny Edwards is absolutely wow. furious. Wow! I'm oh, thrilled. Wow. I'm absolutely buzzing. How on earth did you get that? What was the giveaway? Um, the 1992, because he was, he was a bit older than me, but he was former IBF champion. He lost his title to Bernard Hopkins. This guy was, and I fought him. He was like 57, and no, he. Yeah, he was 57 and 6 at the time, and he had 47 knockouts. And I didn't notice it. I knew it, but when I was in the ring, it was Madison Square Garden, the even St. Patrick's Day, and they called out his record, and I said, I looked at Sugar Hill, I said, 47 knockouts. <laughs> like, you knocked out 47 people. So, uh, anyway, I got the win, and now I got a better win. Andy, Incredible. just as you are the, the winner, what was your chosen charity of choice be, and we'll send a few quid to them next week? Um... I'll, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a charity. Uh, may, maybe Bernardo's, which is an Irish charity for Irish kids. We will sort that out, no problem. Um, just one or two of the um, other questions our listeners quite like hearing them. Next one was, my middle name is Bryant. Wouldn't have got that. The word snailed is an anagram of my surname. The night I won my world title, also on the card, Frankie Randall retained his world title and Mike McCullum lost his. That's how old this guy was, but he could fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't believe you got that La- the last Brilliant. hurdle oh, wow. last episode of the series now what what unbelievable do you know what if anyone was going to do it it was going to be Andy Lee yeah uh, you know when you said white I was thinking was it Billy Joe Saunders <laughs> <laughs> but then the nine would have been too obvious that was the giveaway like, yeah um, of course such a notable fighter Carl Daniels so I hope he's well wherever he is well not only my favourite former world middleweight champion don't tell Darren Barker also the smartest and most intelligent former world middleweight champion Andy Lee always a pleasure best of luck this weekend thanks guys thank you cheers mate well so much to look forward to on the zone but firstly the small matter this weekend Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor 2 undisputed world super lightweight championship on the line all the marbles once again up for grabs from the free arena here in Dublin (laughs) 